0: who can make you laugh within just a few minutes of being with them. I mean, maybe you've got someone in your family like that, and you just love being around that person. Or maybe it's someone you trust to tell you a hard truth, somebody who loves you enough that they're willing to hurt your feelings, if necessary, to help you to see maybe some blind spots that you have in your life. And, 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 you know, maybe it's difficult at times, but you appreciate that person. Uh, someone you don't have to, you know, somebody you don't talk to or see often, but when you do, it feels just like old times again. Like you never missed a beat and there's no expectations. Like, well, we need to get together or connect all these times throughout the year, but it's like you see each other and it's just like no time has even passed. I love that. Or this one, someone who sees you at your best and your worst and has still stuck around, right? Those, those are special people in your life. Or someone who cares about the small In you know, seemingly small, insignificant details of your life, right? Maybe somebody you haven't seen in a while, and they come up and they ask you, "Hey, how did that project go? Or how's you know this coming along? Or whatever's happening?" You're like, "Man, how do you even remember that?" And I've had some really incredible people like that in my life. Um, One of the people that sticks out is Wes Hartsook, and I don't know if you know who Wes is. He goes to our Sandusky campus. He greets on the north side of the building on the on the 9 a.m. service, and. Every time I see him, he's always like, hey, what big thing do you have going on? He's always interested, whether I'm doing some running thing or some weightlifting thing or just whatever it is, he's always interested. And it always seems like he cares more about other people than himself. And he's got the best smile. And every single person that comes through that door, he has a kind word. Hey, I love those socks. That sweater looks great. Your smile is beautiful. We're so glad you're here. And he just brings light to everyone's life, right? I think about, Bill and Donna Gassett. I don't know if you know who Bill and Donna Gassett are, but they are very important to me. Bill, uh, you know, he, was, he, he discipled me when I first became a Christian. I've said, I wouldn't be here on this stage if it wasn't for Bill. And when I first started preaching, I would send Bill, I would record my message, I would send it to Bill and Donna because I appreciated their input. And then one time they said, hey, can you come over to the house? And I was like, man, they must have loved this message. And they lovingly, graciously just ripped it apart, right? And I was so grateful that they did because I would have sounded like a buffoon giving this message, right? It was, just, it was just obnoxious. It was about me. And so I was so grateful. And I walked away, you know, not feeling awesome, but so glad that they, that they loved me enough to be willing to hurt, you know, my feelings. Or I think, you know, talking about people like, you know, you may not see them all the time. My daughter um, goes to school In Mississippi State, she's studying how to get as far away from Ohio as she can. And uh, she came home last night, and she walks in the door, and it's just like she's never even left. And, you know, she's awesome. I got the greatest text message ever from her this week. She said, Dad, when I get home, can we watch The Fast and the Furious together? And I was like, yes, absolutely, we sure can. So it's people like that you just love having in your life. It's, It's wonderful. And the reason that I'm talking about that is because Last week, we launched this message series called Just in Time, and we saw how the coming of Jesus was at just the right time in the history of humanity. But not only was it at just the right time, Jesus was just the right person to come. He was the only person who could have come for us like he did and do for us what we could not do for ourselves. And so today, we're going to be back in our core passage, which is Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and open it up there. If you'd like to pull out your phone and use the YouVersion app, and I'll also have the text on the screen for you. But here's what it says in Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. It says, when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Man, powerful words, powerful words. Well, we want to focus on the second half of verse four, where it says that at the right time, God sent his son born of a woman. You see, God sent his son, right? This statement says that God took the initiative on our behalf, right? He saw our condition as broken, fallen human beings, and he did something about it, which is amazing. I mean, think about it. Ever since the beginning of time, the very first two humans decided to turn their backs on God, right? And every single person who has ever lived has had that same genetic human deformity called sin that causes us through our attitudes and through our words and through our behaviors to turn our back on this holy perfect and righteous God who created us. This God created you and me for him, for his purposes to be in a loving relationship with him. And every single one of us has said, you know what, God, you can go kick rocks. I want to be in control of my own life. And if God was going to be fair, right? Because I think I've heard it before. People go through difficult things and they're like, I don't understand why this isn't fair. I'm like, man, if God was going to be fair, He could have looked at all of us who had turned our backs on him and said, wiped his hands clean, and in his justice said, okay, you're on your own. And every single person who ever existed would have been cast away from him, separated from God eternally. But he didn't. He looked at me, and he looked at you, and he decided to send his own son to this broken world. And this verse is also a statement about the identity of Jesus. And it gives us one of the reasons why Jesus was just the right person. Jesus was just the right person because he was both fully God and fully human. You see, you see. so Jesus was God, but why does that matter? Why does the divinity of Jesus matter? Well, there's a few reasons here. And one is this, that it gives us a clear picture of who God is, what he's like. And to expound on this a little bit, I want to take us to the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, where it says this, the Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God, and He sustains everything by the mighty power of His command. If you want to know, if you've ever wanted to know what God is like, all you have to do is look at Jesus. How, he, how, how does Jesus relate with sinners? How does Jesus relate with the self-righteous? How does Jesus, what does Jesus do for those who are broken and hurting and sick? How does he act? What does he say? That is who God is. Because sometimes it's hard, right, to imagine this God, right, who oftentimes, if we're honest, seems off in the distance, someone, a God who we've never seen face to face. But that's part of the reason that we celebrate Jesus and that he came at Christmas because he came to give us a clear picture of who God the Father is. The text tells us that the Son radiates or emits or displays God's own glory and expresses the very character of God, right? I don't know if you've ever seen this, but maybe you've seen yourself in your kids. You're like, yeah, unfortunately, right? Maybe it's good, maybe it's bad. Or maybe you've met someone and you see their kids and you're like, oh my goodness, it is very obvious that that is your child, right? Whether good or bad. Well, Jesus radiated the glory of God, but he wasn't just reflecting God, Jesus is God. Not like God's character, he had God's character because Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. And then this text gives another hint at Jesus' divinity. It says that he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. Church, this is God on earth, the creator, the author of life, the sustainer, the God who created everything in our universe by his very own words, the God who is keeping you alive right now, the God whose air you're currently breathing. This is the God of the universe the divinity of Jesus matters because it shows us what God is like. So Jesus came at the right time, and Jesus was the right person, first, because he was God. But there's another reason why Jesus was the right person. So let's go back to Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, and it says this, that Jesus was the right person because he was both fully God and fully human. It says, but when the right time came, God sent his son born of a woman, subject to the law. The phrase born of a woman speaks to Jesus' humanity. Yes, he was God, and that was critically important, but yet he was also it was also important that Jesus was fully human. And maybe you ask yourself, why, right? Why did Jesus have to come to be both fully God and fully human? Why does the humanity of Jesus matter? Well, one reason is that he experienced life just as we do. It's recorded in the book of Luke, chapter two, verse 52, that he, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. So Jesus learned, he grew, he lived in relationship with, with God, his Father, and also with human people. He knew what it was like to have family, both good and bad experiences, right? He, he knew what it was like to grow up, to be a kid, to be a teenager, to be a young adult. He was fully human. He experienced life just like we do. And that also includes temptation. He faced temptation just like us. And that's important. In the book of Mark, chapter 1, verse 12 and 13, it says, The Spirit then compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness, where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. He was out among the wild animals, and the angels took care of him. So picture this. Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist, and when he comes out of the water, he hears his voice, his father's voice, God the Father's voice over him saying, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. This was probably an incredible moment even for Jesus, and then bam, the Holy Spirit leads him out into the wilderness to be, t- to be tempted by Satan himself. That's not really a great evangelistic tool, is it, right? You know, somebody's like, you know, after you receive Jesus, you get the Holy Spirit. And it's like, well, then what? I don't know. Go in the woods for 40 days. Don't eat. Satan will meet you out there, right? That's crazy, right? To think that he went through incredible temptation, 40 days, no food, tempted by Satan. The humanity of Jesus matters because he understands temptation and testing. And that should bring us relief, knowing that he can truly identify with us. Jesus was not some holy figure who was just immune to all of the things that we are tempted by. No, he was tempted as well. Hebrews 4.15 says, this high priest of ours, talking about Jesus, says he understands our weaknesses. He understands. Because he faced all of the same testings we do, and yet what? He did not sin. I love the way that this author, Chad Byrd, puts this. He says, We have a God who knows intimately what it is to feel a heartbreaking, hot tears running down his cheeks and blood flowing from gaping wounds. He knows what it's like to be both loved and hated as well as betrayed. There's no human emotion foreign to his experience. There's no human need that he has not felt pressing into his soul. Jesus is our fully divine and fully human God. That's incredible to know that Jesus experienced every single thing that we experience or can experience in our life. And there's one more reason why the humanity of Jesus matters, why it was critical for him to be fully human, why, it was, why he needed to have a physical body like you and I, because then he could offer his body Here again, it says in Hebrews 10, verses four through five, for it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. That is why when Christ came into the world, he said to God, you did not want animal sacrifices, or sins, but you have given me a body to offer. You see, the Old Testament law required sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins, right? But the text here tells us that this That this blood of bulls and goats could never truly take away our sins. It could cover them for a time, but that's why Christ had to come into the world. Sacrifices showed us the severe nature of sin and how they truly separated us from God. That's why Jesus had to come. This great resource called gotquestions.org says this, His divine nature made made him fit for the work of the Redeemer. His human body allowed him to shed the blood necessary to redeem No human being with a sin nature could pay such a debt. No one else could meet the requirements to become the sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. He came and he offered his body. He was the perfect lamb of God, the perfect sacrifice slain for the sins of the entire world. And not in just some general way, but for your sins and for my sins. He had to be fully human so that he could understand us, identify with us, but also so that he could give his body, his life for us, both man and God. This matters because if Jesus is truly God, then his actions, his death on the cross for us, they are sufficient. Look at the end of Hebrews 1.3, what it says. It says, when he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down. In the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. So it says, when he cleansed us from our sins. Now what that means here is that it's implying that we can't cleanse ourselves, right? Now this is a common thought. Um, a lot of, you know, a lot of this, it's, it's sort of, you know, a lot of people lead the whole thing with God, right, is there's this set of cosmic scales that you've got to keep balanced, right, or at least weigh into the good. So we try, you know, some people think, well, you know, I'm a pretty good person, right? That's a very common belief, all right? The Bible is very clear that that's not even a little bit true, but it's sort of like, yeah, sure, I've done some bad things, but I've also, you know, done some good things. I've tried to be a good parent. I've tried to do all of these things, right? But, but we understand that in our real world, that doesn't, That doesn't follow logically. I mean, think about this, if I go and rob a store, right? At gunpoint, I take all the money out of the cash register, all right? And then I go and I give the money to a charity. Now when the police come to arrest me because I'm not a good criminal, they caught me on camera, I didn't even wear a mask, right? And they're like, hey, you're under arrest because you robbed a store at gunpoint. I can't be like, no, 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 officer, it's totally okay. I took all the money. And I gave it to a charity. And so the good deed erases the bad deed, right? And they're like, oh, totally okay. Now, we understand that good things do not erase bad things. So we understand that we cannot do anything to cleanse ourselves. We can't do enough good to ever erase the sins that we've all committed in our lives. But because Jesus is God, his sacrifice on the cross for our sins is sufficient, and it is an acceptable payment for what we've done. This is why, after the cross, Jesus sat down at the place of honor. It was a sign, it was the stamp, it was the seal of approval to say that his work was done, it was completed, and it was accepted, and we can be forgiven because Jesus was God, and he was the divine payment on our behalf. Jesus was the right person, the perfect person, the only person who could come for us. He was God. He was fully God, but he was also fully human. Jesus came just in time for Christmas. Just the right time, just the right person, just Jesus. It makes all the difference when you have the right people in your life, right? But there's a big question. Do you have Jesus? So as we close this service this morning, I want to take a few minutes to reflect and to pray. Take a few minutes right now to thank God for some of the the, the just right people that he has brought into your life. Let's take a moment to do that. God, I thank you for the incredible people that you have brought into my life. God, I would not be the person that I am without those people. God, I have seen time and time again that you have chosen to work through your body, through your children, through the church. We are grateful for that. In your name, amen. Now, what I want you to do this week is if there was somebody that came to mind, would you just consider sending them note of encouragement, or a text message, or a call, just as a way to say thank you. Now, even with the best of friends, the best of family members, I want you to remember this. No matter how amazing a person they are, they'll never fulfill every need that you have all of the time, right? There's gonna be moments when they're gonna miss your call. Let's be honest, there's gonna be moments when they ignore your call. There's gonna be moments when they don't come through on a promise, when they don't follow through, when they hurt your feelings, when they break your trust, or perhaps you're separated because of a change of location or a loss of life. Some people in this room probably know the pain of losing your person. But Jesus' promise is that he will never, ever forsake us or leave us. At the end of the day, No one else has come from heaven to earth for you and for you and for you and for you. No one else has ever given their life on a cross for you. It makes all the difference when you have Jesus in your life, which then leaves a really, really big question. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Maybe you do, and so what we wanna do is we wanna take time to thank God for sending his own son, Jesus, who was the perfect person for us. And if you've never responded to that gift of Christmas? I mean, maybe Christmas for you has always been special, right? It's always been tradition, and it reminds you of family, and it reminds you of, of the things that you did as a kid, and you love gifts, and you love presents, and, and on the music, and everything that goes with it, but you've never really grasped the fact that Christmas is important because God sent his son as the greatest gift that we could ever have for you, for you, and so in a moment... I wanna give you that opportunity. And so during this time when I pray, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to actually accept that gift. Because here's the thing, if somebody gives you a gift, if you wanna have it, what do you have to do? Well, you have to accept it, you have to take that, right? And so for how many of us here this morning has God been holding out the gift of Jesus and you've never reached out and grasped it? And if that's you this morning, I wanna give you the opportunity to take that gift. Would you pray with me? God, I want to thank you for Jesus. God, would you you just instill in my heart and the hearts of everyone here over and over as we tend to forget, God, how incredible the gift of Jesus at Christmas was. God, light of the world, God with us, Emmanuel, our, our Savior, our Redeemer. God, coming here into our brokenness, to save us. And God, for those who are here this morning who maybe have never accepted that gift, I would love to give them that opportunity to do that right now. And so if that's you this morning, I'm just gonna pray these words. And if this is something that you really mean and you truly wanna accept that gift, would you just repeat what I say? You don't have to say it out loud. You can say it in your heart. You can say it silently. God hears you. Just repeat this. God I realize now that I am broken, that I am a sinner, that I am fallen. Through my attitudes and through my words and through my actions, I have turned my back on you and lived for myself. But I believe, God, that you sent your son for me to live a perfect life, to die on a cross, and to be raised from the dead so that I could be forgiven of my sins and to be reconciled with you. God, thank you for that salvation this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you go this morning, and if you were somebody who just prayed that prayer, um, we want you to know that that's not a solo journey. And so if you have questions, Pastor Jay or myself,